toddlers are frustrating. Like they just are. And even, even if you parent perfectly, toddlers are still frustrating. They're still going to tantrum. They can, they can still be really incredibly annoying. And so if your base level is like super stressed out, you're going to be reactive. Welcome to the Raise Your Hand Motherhood Podcast, a place where you just might find or hear a tiny piece of your motherhood reality. I'm your host, Raylan Minka, an educator, writer, and emotionally frazzled toddler mom. If you've ever felt lonely in your motherhood journey or asked yourself, am I the only one experiencing this? Then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each episode focuses on a different but common motherhood struggle, where we discuss the ups, the downs, and the WTFs with moms from all around the world. So whether you're stroller pushing and podcasting yourself around the neighborhood, waiting at the doctor's office for your next fertility treatment, or listening with a well-deserved glass of wine at the end of another full day of motherhood, welcome. I hope you can relate to some of what you hear in today's episode, and get ready to raise your hand if you do. Hey mamas, and welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, Raylan Minka, and today we're talking about joyful toddler parenting. Now, I understand that these three words can elicit a number of different reactions and responses depending on where you are in your parenting journey. Joyful toddler parenting. You know, parenting is a miraculous, exciting, exhilarating, wild ride. But imagine if you were actually able to say out loud that sometimes parenting is not always the most joyful of experiences, or that parenting a toddler or just parenting in general can be frustrating and downright hard. Sometimes it's no fun at all. My guest today is Sarah Whaley, the owner of Joyful Toddler Parenting. She's a parent coach for parents of toddlers, a board-certified behavior analyst, and the mother of two children under the age of five. In today's episode, we talk about navigating the toddlerhood phase and how we, as parents, need to shift our focus and adjust our expectations. Sarah and I discuss everything from the social media evolution of gentle parenting to the most common ways we overestimate and underestimate our toddlers. Sarah clearly breaks down how factors such as inadequate self-care, burnout, and mom guilt can get in the way of us parenting the way we'd like to. As she says in our interview, toddlers are hard. They just are. But Sarah's goal is to help all parents find the joy in this stage, despite its challenges. Make sure you stick around for a great conversation, as well as some very tangible takeaways. And get your phone out right now and go follow at Joyful Toddler Parenting on Instagram. It's full of helpful videos, tips, and relatable stories for toddler parents. Okay, mamas, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back with Sarah Whaley. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. To start off, Sarah, can you give everybody listening a bit of a snapshot of who you are and what it is that you specialize in? Yeah. Um, So I'm Sarah Whaley, and I am a parent coach for parents of toddlers. I am also a board-certified behavior analyst and a former developmental therapist. So that means I worked with kids ages zero to age three. And I'm a mom of two kids, ages three and four and a half. So you've just gone through the, I'm never entirely sure where the toddlerhood years end. Is it three, four? Yeah, it's a good question. So technically by the book, it ends at three. Okay. Um, but I think that's kind of, it's not true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Well, you're the, you're the expert. Yeah. I still feel like I am fully in it. So technically my kids are preschool age, but when I'm talking about toddlers, I'm really talking about up to about age five. So I'd like to talk about how and when you sort of got into this line of work. If you could talk about sort of that path you took through your education, starting your own family, and eventually starting your business, Joyful Toddler Parenting. Yeah, definitely. So my background, um, I was a psych major in undergrad, and then I worked um, with children with autism Mm. for many years. And then as a developmental therapist, I worked with kids with all different disabilities. So Down syndrome, speech delays, behavior issues, you know, all sorts of all sorts of different things. So I I got a lot of varied experience. Yeah. And then I was working in home mostly with children with autism and I loved it. But I also noticed I was working with insurance um, as a board certified behavior analyst, BCBA for short. And there was so much that was dictated by insurance. Mm. And when I was working with parents, I was noticing that things like self-care or, or lack of, <laughs> lack of <laughs> yeah. self-care, uh, mom guilt, not being on the same page as your partner, all of these things were affecting a parent's ability to implement the strategies that I was teaching. Right. So everything I was teaching worked, but you know, all these other factors were contributing and insurance doesn't really give a crap about whether you're getting self-care. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when I'm working with insurance, it's not something I can talk about with parents. But I knew that it was affecting them. And then I had my own kids and implementing things is a little bit harder, you realize, <laughs> once you become a mom. Um, and you're like, oh my God, I have to do this all the time. So I think it was um, a little bit of, a, you know, humbled me a little bit. And at the same time, all of my experience gave me the tools to be able to kind of go back to that. And I, and I missed part of your question. My education was, um, I also have a master's and I am uh, as a board certified behavior analyst, you have have to have a master's and then you have 1500 supervised, um, experience field work hours. And I was really lucky to do those under a psychologist. I got just a really holistic training that most BCBAs don't. And Mm. so, yeah, I I feel really lucky to have had so much comprehensive training and experience. So yeah, so then as a parent, you know, I'm I'm realizing all of this, like how hard this is. I'm like, okay, some some of these strategies I need to adjust to make them realistic when my kids are 19 months apart. So when you've got a baby on the boob and a toddler and and you're tired, so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I was like, okay, I can go back to these as a good foundation, but also I need to tweak things to make them a little bit more realistic. Um, and addressing all of those other things, the mom guilt and the burnout and all of that stuff. Um, and so that's why I became a parent coach is wanting to be able to help parents, wanting to give them this really strong foundation of parenting strategies from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'll also say, I love the toddler stage, you know, even with, I've always loved it, but even with my own kids, even though it's hard, I love it. And I want to make it something that other people, maybe they don't love it, but at least they like it better. <laughs> right. You want to help them find the joy that they may be, may be missing at yeah, some point in, yeah. the, in the toddlerhood stage. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good segue. So you and I, 
I discovered you on Instagram through your account at Joyful Toddler Parenting. And I wanted to ask, when did you start growing your social media presence? And do you find through that platform or through platforms like social media that you're able to connect with kind of this wider audience of moms and of families that are that are in this stage and just like desperate for for help or for suggestions or advice or tools? Yeah, so I started it in April of 2021. And I kind of started it not knowing what it was going to be. I knew it was going to be some sort of coaching, uh, but I started it mostly because I was kind of in the thick of it with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I knew exactly what I needed to do. It's just like I I needed to do it. (laughs) And so all of my friends were in the same stage. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start this Instagram. I'll kind of share what we're doing because I know it's going to work. Um, and then October 2021 is when I like really got serious about it. And then I started my actual business in December of 2021. Okay. And then really started to grow that. And it, it does, it allows me to connect with people all over the world. And, you know, social media can be kind of the devil sometimes. Mm -hmm. Double-edged sword. Yeah. But it's so cool. I mean, I have clients now in the UK and Bermuda, and I just connected with a pediatrician in Egypt. Oh, wow. I know. It's, it's, it's really cool. So it is. I mean, and my, my clients are just all over the country. So it is really cool to be able to extend my reach to so many different people everywhere and not be limited by how far I can drive. Okay. Well, okay. So I'm I'm excited to talk more about your business. Um, But before we jump into that, I was wondering if you could please share the biggest misconceptions that parents and families have about toddlers. Where do we overestimate our toddlers and where do we underestimate them and sort of their abilities and their understanding? Yeah, that's such a good question. (laughs) I wish every parent asked this. So I think there are two big things. Number one, I would say, and this especially applies for slightly older toddlers, like the three, four, even five-year-olds, is that parents think if my toddler can recite the rules, Mm. then they can do it. And that's not the case at all. (laughs) And so, you know, again, especially when, when kids are super little, when they're one and two, we're giving a lot of support. And then it's like we, parents think that just this magic flip switches when they, you know, probably turn three-ish and it's like, well, my toddler knows what to do. Okay, cool. Well, (laughs) they definitely cannot do it. And then the other thing is I think people overestimate toddlers' emotional regulation about like skills Mm. and underestimate their physical skills, meaning like independence, self-help, kind of stuff like that that's what I see. It's like so many people are like, Oh, like my toddler can get themselves dressed. I didn't even consider that. But they're like, my toddler should be able to emotionally regulate through huge upsets. And I'm like, most adults can't do that. Yeah, (laughs) so true. Just a question from your experience, at what age do toddlers sort of understand like, Oh, I did a behavior, it wasn't something that my parents loved. um, You know, and now they're explaining to me why I can or cannot do that. Like, how is the toddler's brain working? Yeah. So I think this kind of falls under that overestimating. Mm -hmm. And I think this also with kind of the gentle parenting phenomenon, shall we call it? (laughs) I consider myself a gentle parent. However, I think there are some issues with it. Okay. But I think parents get really stuck in just like talking through things. And what toddlers really need is to practice things. 
And we're going to get to that because (laughs) that is something that literally every single parent is missing is like teaching and practicing. They're just talking about things. Uh And I think a lot of that is just going over the head. Right. Okay. Well, let's, let's go into then uh, talking specifically about your approach when you're working with families. So Mm -hmm. you mentioned in your website that you take a holistic approach that focuses 30% on educating parents about uh, strategies they can use with their toddlers and 70% on addressing all of the issues that affect our ability to actually implement those strategies. So things like mom guilt, burnout, resentment, lack of... (laughs) I, I'm laughing because this is just like such a relatable list that you have. It's, <laughs> you might as well have little check boxes beside all of them for families that are like, oh, can I work with Sarah? Should I work with Sarah? Yes. Like to continue lack of self-care, partner issues, differing parenting styles like we were talking about. Um, can you talk about your process when you're working with a family to navigate this toddlerhood phase and how you determine, as you say, the issues that each family is struggling with? Yeah. Yeah. So. I will say pretty much every single parent that I work with, we start with adjusting their expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me more. Yes. So m- most parents going back to like the things that we overestimate and underestimate, um, pretty much every parent I work with has completely overestimated their toddler's ability to, to do anything. And they're frustrated, you know, again, because their toddler can tell them the rules or tell them what to do. Like my toddler tells me all the time, like, I'm not allowed to hit. So that's usually like where we start is like, let's adjust your expectations to what your toddler is actually capable of. And then really working on parents' reactions. So a lot of parents, most parents are having big reactions um, in response to their toddler's behavior. And they're like, if if I can change my toddler's behavior, then that will change my behavior. Mm, Okay. And so I flip it. Then I'm like, no, no, it's not your two, three, four-year-old's job to change their behavior in order for you to change your behavior. As the adult, as the parent, it's your job to change your behavior and your expectations and then support your toddler mm. in changing their behavior. All right. Yeah. So it's hard. And, and, and you know, we do this in a, a very kind, loving way, <laughs> but, you know, I am direct that, like, you cannot be putting this on your toddler. Hmm. Um, that's just not fair. And also it will not work. So that's usually where we start. Then I usually, so I, you know, I have an intake form for every client and kind of gauge where they are with their self-care, with their burnout. And so if a client, you know, is like a 10 on the burnout, right. or the 10, you know, really high on, on mom guilt, then I'm like, we got to start there because you are going to be so much more reactive and so much less aware and less intentional if you have high levels of burnout and high levels of mom guilt, um, you know, low levels of self-care. So we've got to start there because you're just not going to be able to be the calm, confident parent that you want to be if you're like boiling over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, toddlers, toddlers are frustrating. Like they just are. And even, even if you parent perfectly, Toddlers are still frustrated. They're still going to tantrum. They can can still be really incredibly annoying. And so if your base level is like super stressed out, you're going to be reactive. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
You mentioned uh, gentle parenting. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like you see that floating around a lot in the sort of like motherhood space and social media or parenthood space. Like you mentioned that you classify how you parent as gentle parenting, but what does that mean to you? And and where do we sort of fall off the path a little bit um, in regards to that? Yeah. Oh, I have so many thoughts. <laughs> okay. So I love gentle parenting in the way that it is supposed to be. Um, and the way it's supposed to be is there are four types of parenting. Like this is, and I can't remember the psychologist's name, but this was, a, this is a thing. Like you can, you can Google it. The four types of parenting. There's authoritarian, which is like, you know, I told you to go put your shoes, put your shoes on. And then very low emotional support. There's authoritative, which is firm, very clear boundaries and a high level of warmth and, you know, emotional support. And then there's uh, permissive, which I think we all know what permissive is, and then <laughs> neglectful, which probably nobody listening here is <laughs> neglectful. Um, but gentle parenting is supposed to be authoritative okay. in that it's very clear boundaries. It's very, like, Kids know what to expect. You are following through and you're really supporting them in their emotions. But what gentle parenting has become a lot of times because people are getting all of their parenting strategies off of Instagram. So they're piecemealing. It's become permissive. Ah. And so not everybody, but a lot of gentle parenting is permissive. You know, this like no boundaries, like just high levels of like, let me just like talk to you about everything, but then I'm never going to follow through on anything. Oh, okay. And then I got coined a new term, which is pendulum parenting. Oh. And what happens is people are trying to gentle parents. And I see all the time, like I gentle parent the first 10 times and then I lose it. Mm, okay. They swing over like to you're not gentle parenting. Yes. You're that's what, that's because you are permissive parenting and you're like, let me be gentle. Let me use my gentle voice and tell you 10 times. And then you're like, oh my God, we got to get stuff done. Right. <laughs> Boom. Now I'm authoritarian. Yeah. And your kid's never going to listen to you because you're just all over the map. Whereas like true what gentle parenting is supposed to be under that authoritative is like, I'm going to tell you and then I'm going to, I'm going to set you up for success. And then I'm going to support you in this behavior and I'm going to hold this boundary and you get to have feelings about it and I'm going to support you in those. That is, I'm really glad I asked you about that. Okay. Sarah, can we talk about some of the most common behaviors and strategies that you coach parents through um, with their toddlers? So I, mm -hmm. I put out a poll on social media asking moms in the community to share the behaviors that they have personally found the most difficult to address or to understand or to cope with. And the biggest issues that seemed to keep coming up were hitting, throwing things, screaming, biting, and laughing after being told to stop a behavior. Would you say that that lines up with the parents yeah. that you work with and the, the families? Yes. So this is really important, and this is what every parent is missing. Okay. Every toddler, every human is going to do the behavior that works, mm. the behavior that is most efficient and most effective. And so when you have a toddler who, by definition, does not have great communication skills, even if they're very verbal, they still do not have great communication skills. Right. They are going to default to the behavior that is the 
most efficient and most effective. So hitting, fighting, throwing things, screaming is really efficient and really effective, right? Like you throw something and somebody, you know, gets out of your way or you push and they get out of your way. You bite them and they drop the toy that you want. Like right. this is usually, you scream, you get your parents' attention. <laughs> right. So this is where people get in trouble is every parent and, and usually, you know, most I feel like so many people now are following gentle parenting. So they're like, we have to go talk about it. You know, Teddy, we don't, we don't, we don't throw our toys, you know, next time, like use your words, da, 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 da. like this is what people do. They're very supportive in the feelings, but what's not happening is actually teaching the toddler what they can do instead. Okay. So what I have parents do is like immediately when your toddler's calm, you can't teach through like them being dysregulated. So you calm your toddler down and then immediately you show them exactly what they should be doing. So they want their brother to move and they've shoved them out of the way or they bit them, right? Which very effective. Um, we're going to make sure that's not effective. And we're going to teach something that is more efficient and more effective. So really little language. Okay. Because we want to make it easy. We, we don't want to be like, can you please move so that mm. I can stand there? You know, like we want to make it super easy, like move. Right. Even if you're toddler, like this is where we have to start. So in that moment, immediately we're going to say, mm -mm, we cannot push. You can say move. Okay. Let's practice. Now you say it. You say move. And then immediately you practice it. Okay, let's try the whole thing. And so it's like immediately they're getting the teaching, immediately they're practicing, and then immediately they're getting reinforcement for an appropriate alternative behavior. And every parent is missing this. I've, I have never worked with a client who is doing this on their own. And I'm, I'm imagining the situation right now, like um, with my son, he's gone through, he's sort of going out of it a little bit right now, might come back, but through this hitting phase where, you know, mm -hmm. the little fists are flying and, and occasionally when you get hit with one, you know, clocked with one in the face and it's just as a, as a parent, this emotion just comes up really quickly. And, and oftentimes, whether it happens to like my partner or myself, like we have to put them down and sort of leave to regulate ourselves. Yeah. So you say it needs to happen like immediately, this practicing and teaching the behavior, a simple uh, communicative way for them to, you know, don't do that action. Here's a simple way you can communicate what you want instead. But if you in that moment as the parent need to like remove yourself to catch a breath or to, is it too late to come in two minutes later and do it? No, that's a great question. No, no, I think that's totally fine. I think absolutely both of you need to be regulated. Right. Um, if, if you're dysregulated or your toddler is dysregulated, that's, it's not going to work. Um, what I, what I more mean is like parents are talking about it and they're like, next time do this. And right. then it's hours or the next day or a week right. later. And they're like, well, we talked about this. We talked about this every day. Cool. No, but you haven't practiced. So mm -hmm. yes, if you need to go calm yourself down, totally fine definitely still going to be effective. Okay. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you mentioned online that through your account and through your website that so many parents feel guilt and shame and resentment, confusion, um, and just maybe like a bad mom or like a bad parent because of how we try and sometimes fail to handle our toddler's behaviors, big, big behaviors, big emotions. So what are some positive strategies that we can implement 
as parents and just feel good about for ourselves, for self-regulation, as we were just talking about, um, but also all the time, I guess, all the time with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. So I work on this a lot with clients. And, and this is something else I see is with those unrealistic expectations that parents have for toddlers, they're also basing their self-worth on their toddler's behavior. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah. So they have unrealistic expectations that their toddler's never going to be able to meet at this age. And then they're basing their self-worth on these unrealistic expectations. So I'm like, Oh, what a vicious cycle. Exactly. So then it's, that's just a catch 22. <laughs> totally. Totally. So you're now you're just, everybody's frustrated. You're going to be super reactive because you're like, Oh my God, I'm a bad parent. Like I've got to fix this. Yeah. So then like your reactiveness is going to feed into the behavior and make it worse. And yes, it's just, a, it's just the total cycle. So I try to get like, you're a good parent. And I mean, when I'm working with clients, I'm like, you're a great parent. Like, you are seeking out coaching. Right. You are investing and in becoming a better parent. Like, what more could you be doing? Um, and, and trying to kind of build up their self-worth as a person um, separate from just being a mom or a dad. Um, but, mo- you know, I see this more with moms, I would say. Um, and then adjusting those expectations and really looking at trying to really look at like, how can you change your behavior to change your toddler's behavior? So, you know, when, when your toddler has a behavior or when you parent in a way that, you know, you're not proud of, Mm -hmm. instead of like making that all about your self-worth, looking at it from this place of, of kindness and compassion, but also like, what was going on? Like, why did this happen? And how can I change it in the future? But being really careful not to be like, you suck as a person because your toddler had a meltdown. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's got to come from this place of being proactive and being kind to yourself. Um, and this is like, I talk through these kinds of situations with clients all the time. Like I had one this weekend where the parent had just parented in a way that they were really, really unhappy about. Mm-hmm. And I, I really talked them through the process of like, you got to be kind to yourself. This is hard. Toddlers are hard. They just are. They are challenging, but how can we change that? How can we change your behavior in in a kind way, like in a proactive way? Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you shared that actually, just because we all have those moments as mothers, we have them as parents all the time. (laughs) So motherhood and parenthood is just a roller coaster full of ups and downs. So yeah, that client that you worked with that you were just sharing about, like for her to realize that she's not alone in that. That's, um, that's the importance of having these conversations and and speaking with you on things like this. So um, Sarah, before we wrap up, I want to ask you, what has surprised you the most about motherhood? With my background, I don't feel like I've been super surprised because I, I knew toddlers real well. <laughs> Fair. I think probably I was, I, I am surprised by just how tired I am. <laughs> um, it's like, even even when I get enough sleep, I'm still tired. It's just it's it's draining. It's hard to be whether you're parenting in a way that you don't like and it's draining you because you feel all this guilt and this burnout, or the way that I'm parenting, I'm really proud of, but it's still like mentally and physically draining. Yeah. Um, to be really intentional. So 
yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the most surprising slash hardest part for me. Okay. And I ask every guest that comes on the show, if you have any must-haves for motherhood, things that have really helped you through maybe with your two toddlers or just for toddler parents in general? Yeah. Um, to me, the number one thing is having support. Mm. So whether you have built-in support or you have to create your own support, um, which I know a lot of people are having to do. So for example, I'm a stay-at-home mom. When I became a stay-at-home mom, I sought out every every outlet for having friends, you know, whether it was like a meetup group or I have neighborhood friends. That to me has made such a huge difference because I hear all the time how isolated moms feel, um, especially stay-at-home moms. Yeah. And I don't feel that because I'm always out with friends and, you know, people that are in the same stage that yeah. we can not just sit around and That's complain, so but be like, yeah, you know, like have some support. So that to me is huge. And the, the other thing is like having time to myself is in not feeling bad about that. Yeah. Huge. huge. Yeah. You got to You got to have time to yourself. Before we wrap up, Sarah, can you share one more time where everybody can find you online and sort of what you offer in the different places they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, mostly right now I'm on Instagram at Joyful Toddler Parenting. I have a website. I think it desperately needs to be updated, but it is <laughs> JoyfulToddlerParenting.com. I really just use Instagram right now. Um, and my email is Sarah at JoyfulToddlerParenting.com. And I offer a four-month program, and it's a hybrid program of group trainings once a week, and then a lot of one-on-one -on -one support, um, you know, in addition to that. So there's a private Facebook group, you get private check-ins, and then you have the option to add in Boxer, which is a, a voice, you know, messaging app, um, or add in Zoom calls. So really talking through, you know, I've been doing this long enough to know what issues are affecting Pretty much every parent ever. Right. Um, and so those weekly calls really address all of those things. And then they also have um, Q&A time. So we can really get into personalized approaches to everything. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's a four-month program. Um, I think when this comes out, it will have already started. Um, so it will, not, it will not be available, but there'll okay. be another one starting in probably August. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Okay. Um, yeah. And for anybody listening right now, like make sure you go onto Instagram and, and connect with Sarah at Joyful Toddler Parenting. You, you, the reels you share, like they're so educational and, and helpful and bite-sized and like instant takeaways. So start there for the women listening. And then maybe you can check out some of Sarah's programs that she offers. But Sarah, thank you so much for being here. I've really appreciated it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in today, mamas. It's been my pleasure putting this episode together for you, especially as a mom and parent navigating the toddlerhood phase myself. Did you learn anything new from Sarah? I hope today's interview elicited a few light bulb moments, head nods, or flipping of switches in your brains. I know it did for me. If you don't already, go follow me on Instagram at the Raise Your Hand Motherhood Pod and send me a DM with your biggest takeaway from today's episode. Now, on to a bit of housekeeping. I've decided to put a pause on releasing regular episodes of the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast. I'll still be dropping new content on occasion, but I'm working on a few new projects and ideas at the moment, and these are taking up a lot of my time and focus. Make sure you follow the podcast account on Instagram for updates and episode drops. Again, you can find it at 
the Raise Your Hand Motherhood Pod, or send me an email with a motherhood topic you'd like to hear about in an upcoming episode. You can reach me at raylynminka at gmail.com. That's R-A-E-L-Y-N-N-M-I-N-K-E at gmail.com. Thanks for hanging out with me today, mamas. Until next time. Hey, Mama, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast. I made it for you, so I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so we can hang out together again soon.